Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Hello, friends. Let's go ahead and begin with word prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, as we uh, journey today, Lord, uh, in a topic that I've uh, been wanting to talk about for some time, uh, just be with us and uh, lead and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. <laughs> Famous words that most of us probably have heard or even recited ourselves at one point on the school playground. And as time has gone by, I feel though, so if we may say it, but do we really believe it? Practically, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know that I believe so. And in today's climate, it seems like people are more interested in getting their zinger in than actually trying to make progress, tit for tat. Yehuda Berg states, words are singularly the most powerful force available to humanity. Words have energy and power with the ability to help, to heal, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate, and to humble. Now words have started joyous occasions, brought comfort, unified people, but they've also divided and split people. They've caused wars, revolutions, grief, and trouble. Now today, I wanna to go to the book of James, the epistle of James, and James writes his epistle as a means of passing on some practical lessons on how uh, they can live out their faith. And one of the lessons is through how we can talk to one another. Brian, Boy, Brian Bill points out that there are three things that words can do. It has the power to direct, or I like to say influence. It has the power to destroy, and it has the power to delight. So, words have the power to influence. In the first part of chapter 3, James gives caution, especially to the teachers, because they're influential and can be held accountable by what they say. In fact, those who speak with authority should exercise their words with judgment. So in James 3, uh, verses 1 through part of verse 5, it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what, in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. And when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they're so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder. Whenever the pilot wants, wherever the pilot wants to go. And likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. But it makes great boasts. So a couple of things we can take away from this passage are the bits and the rudders. What, what's a bit? What's a horse's bit? Well, the bit is actually where you place it uh, in the horse's mouth and it's connected to the reins. And so the bit controls the horse. When you want to pull back on the reins, it'll stop. When you pull to the left or the right, the horse knows to go that way. And also, a ship's rudder. The rudder controls what direction the ship goes. And even though the rudder may be very, very, very minute in comparison to the whole size of the ship, it has the ability to make the ship go left to right. And our words have a profound effect on people that are around us, just like a rudder. Now, James is reminding those who are teachers or in a position of authority, it means you have a great responsibility on how you use your tongue. 
But this text also doesn't just apply to teachers, but to everyone. In fact, in verse 2, it says, We all stumble in many ways. We. It's a big word because James is indicating that no one is exempt from stumbling and making mistakes. We're all human. One of the questions we have to ask ourselves, especially as followers of Jesus, do I live by what I preach? Additionally, one of the sayings that still holds true is also found in scripture. It's pride goes before a fall. How many times have you perhaps been so confident only to get humbled? Maybe you were uh, playing and, and, and everyone had left to finish everyone off. But, sorry, um, you're playing a game and you have this great run and you have that one last little card to play and somebody comes back and defeats you and you feel sad because you thought you had the game in hand. Now, those who are especially in a position of teaching and authority have an added responsibility to be intentional about their words. Have you ever been influenced by anybody? Perhaps this individual says something to you that you had a huge effect on you. And maybe growing up when you were uh, maybe a, a teacher in school, somebody said they saw great potential in you and that they could see that you're going to make a difference in your life. Perhaps it was just simply acknowledging doing a great job at just a simple, simple task. There are some also who just want to affirm you. When it comes to leadership and communication, it's also important how we communicate with others. Are we clear and concise? How do you respond if somebody messes up? Do you, do you think instinctively, maybe I should just chew them out, make a scene? Or perhaps listen first and see, hey, what happened here? How can I help? make a change? How can I help you to grow? Now, switching gears. When you think back, have you ever regretted saying something? I certainly have, or even worse, have you sent a text message to somebody that uh, maybe you were talking negatively about one individual into somebody, but then as you press send, you accidentally sent it to the person you were talking negatively about? Rather awkward, especially perhaps if you're sitting right next to them. Maybe you try to get their phone and delete it, but first they read their screen and simple awkwardness abounds. Not only should you be careful about what you say, but you should also be careful what you type. Again, words. They can cause great joy and it can cause great anguish. Now let's continue through James 3. So the last half of uh, verse 5 through 8, it says, Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. So in my hand, I have a lighter, okay? Little, small, little flame, right? And yet this little flame has the potential to cause irreparable damage. Now the tongue is also like a fire. A world of evil amongst the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. <laughs> words. Words have the ability to destroy. Now, 
Last year, if you live in Southern California, you're very familiar with fire because just a small spark can cause, again, immeasurable damage. This past year, we experienced the Cogswell Fire or the Bobcat Fire, the El Dorado Fire at the very same time. And in the case of the El Dorado Fire, how that started, many of you are probably familiar with. Sadly, those people, they didn't mean to cause a fire where people would lose their homes. That ultimately, Charles Morton Hotshot Fire would pass away. They didn't mean to do all of that, but just in a moment's inattention caused great harm. But, you know, if you lived in Southern California long enough, every five years, it seems like we just have this huge fire that does huge damage. Some have been innocently set and others were intentional. Something so small and innocuous can bring great pain and loss. And much like a fire, our tongues and our words can cause irreparable damage. We forget that words cannot be taken back because even if you apologize, people still remember what you said. And perhaps they even want to get even. They may not retaliate right away, but they could hold a grudge. Your relationship could be awkward. They may just wait to strike at an opportune time in the future. A word once uttered, this is a quote, a word once uttered can never be recalled. Now, words can also be damaging if we use them intentionally to sabotage somebody else. I'm talking about gossip. It's everywhere. Frankly, it's easy to start. We can easily be drawn to a salacious story. But there's no good that comes from gossip. And what do we do? Again, words have their power to bring joy. When you hear somebody say, I love you, you look beautiful. James 3, 9 through 12, it says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. So, you know, when you're ripping on somebody else, guess what? That person is a brother or a sister in Christ. Do you want to talk to them that way? Do you want to be talked that way? Would you talk to your own brother and sister? Okay, let's be honest. If we were young, yeah. I mean, I'm guilty of this, all right? We, we all probably said things that we shouldn't have to our brothers and sisters. And the fact is, even my own siblings are probably watching this right now. They know I'm guilty of doing such. But as we grow and we mature, we need to move beyond that. So verse 10, out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. It's one or the other, folks. And guess what? People know. They can figure you out quickly. People are far more observant than we give them credit for. And words can also be damaging if we use them to inadvertently, again, sabotage somebody else. So, gossip. There's no need for gossip. But how do we handle rudeness and gossip? Well, we can lead by example. Don't give in to it. Don't add to it. And, you know, when you're also dealing with somebody who's maybe being rude and uh, saying things, deal with them in an empathetic, kind way. If the boss or a sibling is being rude, ask them if they're okay. Sometimes just listening can be a big help. We sometimes are rude or maybe try to spread uh, rumors about others because we don't feel good about ourselves. 
Now, when something like that is happening or somebody's being rude to you, follow Matthew 18. Go to that person alone. And if it's something that's been happening consistently, just don't be afraid to point it out. And if you can't agree, bring somebody that you both respect to help you in this process. And if it becomes heated, maybe you just need to take a time out and agree to come back after a chosen amount of time, maybe 20 minutes or an hour, however long, because you don't want to say something you'll regret. But when it comes to being a Christian and being humble and meek, it doesn't mean that you have to be a doormat either. Just because Jesus was humble doesn't mean he was treated like dirt. It's okay to share your concerns. Sometimes you may have to have a difficult conversation, especially if it's with a loved one about a problem maybe they're dealing with. But be respectful and kind, but firm. Especially going back to gossip, Ephesians 4.29 says, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Let's not be in the business of tearing down, but bringing people up. Now, one of the things we sometimes even overlook is the words and thoughts we also tell ourselves that are going through our mind between our two ears have an impact on our outlook. If we have a negative self-image and we're, pro we're prone to beat ourselves up, perhaps we don't like how we look or we may not fit as we, uh, in our clothes as we would like them to be. Maybe we're not as smart or witty as we would like to be. And, and sometimes in an attempt to self-motivate, we chew ourselves out. We... we we negatively talk to ourselves. Maybe you haven't reached a particular goal in life. You're not where you want to be. Give yourself some grace. Speak positively. To close with, I'd like to share this following quote. Words are the voice of the heart. And the heart, you know, kind of metaphorically guides us. What we say is what we believe. What's in our heart May your heart be filled with love, grace, empathy, and kindness, not rudeness, not the wanting to get back or to share uh, gossip, to tear one down. Let us bring one another up. May we love with intentionality, to be kind, to be true. And where you need to have a conversation, you know, it may be a difficult one, but if you see your brother or sister struggling, reach out to them. Don't be afraid, but do so in love and kindness and intentionality. May the Lord bless, lead, and guide you. Be firm, be kind, and lead with love. Father in heaven, thank you for all that you have done for us. Lord, in our, our relationships and our interactions, sometimes it can be tough. It's tough to have those kinds of conversations where we're telling somebody we, we don't appreciate the way that they're talking to us or treating us or maybe talking about us behind our back. Help us, Lord, to be understanding, but also to know how to deal with those situations. And as well, Lord, may you always be the one that we look to. Be with our church. Help us to have a great week until we come back again next week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless everybody. Take care. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.